Hi, welcome back to the Wise Divine Woman podcast and welcome Christopher to the Sisterhood. This is Christopher Mesner and he is a uh, coach, a physical coach, uh, a life coach, and he has this amazing Kindle book and probably physical book as well um, about fasting. And you know me, I love talking about fasting, intermittent fasting, and we know how much in the Bible that we it's actually talked about so much. And it's always this leeriness or this fear that we've created around the topic that just makes it seem impossible when it in it when it's not. There's going to be some great topics we're talking about today, so stick around. And I'm just so thrilled. Uh, Christopher is uh, my second gentleman to join the sisterhood, and this is going to be an incredible topic. So welcome so much. Thank you so much for joining. Yes, Dana. So thank you for having me. I'm really excited um, to be on your podcast. Um, I have listened um, to your podcast before, so this is something that I was really looking forward to. And uh, I hope people can uh, really, really gain some knowledge from this today. I think it's good. I, different topics and different women, different people in different situations, because I think knowledge is power. And when you're focused in that foundation of faith, there's this always this truth we kind of go back to and say, uh-huh, I thought so, right? And, and then how is that discernment when it comes to health and these fears that we have around things, um, when again, like fasting is biblically based, right? So tell us a right. bit about your journey and how you got here. Right. So my um, start to all this was um, it started off, I would say, conventional and then kind of progressively got unconventional. So let me elaborate on that. As a, a child, I was always very active. Um, <clears throat> I was always outside playing with my friends. Um, I was very active and I never really had much of an appetite. So I was a very like skinny, scrawny kid. And that was like all my life growing up, I, even through like high school and college. So I was very active. I loved playing games with my friends outside. I loved playing like games at recess. I was involved in a couple different sports teams in high school and even like a couple club teams in college. But like I said, I was always very thin and it got to a point where I would, would feel uncomfortable uh, because I was so thin, I thought of myself as like this skinny, scrawny kid. Um, and it was it, it was like to a point where I would be embarrassed to take my shirt off in public because I had these like really um, small shoulders and sunken in chest. <clears throat> and, and, and I was embarrassed, you know, and and so that's kind of how I started into the into like fitness in general. I was like, I, you know, I don't really want to look like this anymore. And so I got started into lifting weights and um Really, that's kind of how my journey to fasting began, because what I was doing at first is I just kind of followed the mainstream fitness science, which most of us now know is kind of BS. You know, they would teach you, oh, yeah, well, you need to eat like six meals a day, wake up and eat first thing in the morning, work out every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I did that. Um, and, you know, as, as much as that advice is BS, you know, it, it did work. I gained weight, but at what cost? You know, I was miserable. I was an absolute slave to my fitness. And so I thought, you know, there had to be a better way. And so I was very close with my brother and some friends at the time. And we always liked talking about fitness. And um, one of them sent me a video about fasting. And I thought, this is not something 
that I could ever get into because I always saw myself as that skinny scrawny kid so this was around like 2017 I graduated college like two years ago and so I was like you know what I'm gonna give this a chance and at first I hated it you know and the reason why I hated it is the reason why most people hate it you know it's because it's it's a shock to your system can't have that or it's not it it isn't it isn't it but yeah it's just this whole i have to i have to eat to survive this is the mentality we go we have to have cereal in the morning we have to have three square meals a day and and i'm laughing to myself listening to you because i know like enough is for women to have this sort of body image concept that we're sort of cursed with just as much for men to have this body image, you have to have muscles, you have to do this, you have to eat the raw eggs. Yeah, there's this, again, this, right. total, <laughs> this total false mindset, even mm-hmm. for young men. It's it's just as bad for them as it is for girls. Exactly. Um, and, and that kind of led me into my next point. You know, I, I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say this, but you know, I promise I'm not, or maybe I am, who knows, nowadays you don't know, but, um, it, when it, when it comes to like breakfast, for example, we're, we're brainwashed to believe that, you know, this is the most important meal of the day. You have to wake up and eat first thing in the day, which is absolutely not true. And if you really get to thinking about why that's the case, I mean, it, the dollar is the bottom line, right? And so this is something that the food industry has been pushing on us for, for uh, over a hundred years, right? Because they don't care about our health, they care about us eating food. So the best way they can get us to continue to eat more food and to make more money is to tell us, oh, well, you need to eat more meals in a day, eat six meals a day, it's healthy. And so we just like blindly accept that as a fact when really it's not true at all. It's, it's, it's amazing. Once you start sort of stepping back and understanding the new paradigm, well, I say paradigm because it's something out of this world that we don't really ever think of, the fasting concept and the, the amount of food that you actually need um, and the way the body was uniquely, incredibly made for times of drought. Um, Definitely. And, and it's just like, wow. But it is. It was this whole um, ability to create work and to create industry, which is not bad, but then we are now stuck in this vicious obesity cycle, this incredible amount of three different types of diabetes now, and different things that are all stemming from ultra-processed food, breakfast. Yeah. And so... Yeah, no, it's an absolute epidemic. And so that's what I was going to say. That's how I got started into to really caring about fitness and fasting in general is because when I got started with this in 2017 and I didn't like it at first, I gave it a chance and eventually I loved it because turns out, surprise, this is how our bodies are meant to work. This is how God deliberately and verbatim said that our bodies are meant to work in the Bible. Um, and then you know, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. And I thought to myself, this is not cool that everyone else just kind of believes this mainstream science, which is not true. It's fed to us based on fear-based propaganda or, or just to make money off of us on the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I've always cared about um, fitness and health. I got a bachelor's degree from West Virginia University in, in physical and health education. So 
now that I'm not teaching anymore, I taught um, health and phys ed for, for six years. And now that I'm not doing that anymore, I, I still want an outlet to be able to, to teach people about this and, and show them the truth. So um, that, that's kind of- that, that new sort of philosophy of fasting at the school level? I did. You were stuck then to the food pyramid. I did try to talk about it a little bit um, during classes. Of course, I couldn't just talk about it all year round. Um, and you do have to be careful. Unfortunately, the school system nowadays is a political jungle, um, whether it's in public school or private school. Um, and I and I taught in both. Um, politics are more important than actual education, and I think um, most people would agree with that now parents, teachers, administrators, um, and even the kids. So it's not like I'm saying anything that people are gonna be like, oh, I can't believe you said that. They'll never let him in another school. Like, no, I, I think that most like even principals would be like, yeah, that's, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. um, and so for that reason, you know, you do just have to be careful with how you say things. Like for example, I wouldn't go into my health class when I was teaching middle school health two years ago. I wouldn't go in there and be like, all right, kids, today I'm gonna teach you how to do like a 48 hour dry fast. Um, because I'm probably going to get angry letters from parents, you know, like you can't please everyone. What's the saying? You can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please everyone all the time, something like that. So I would talk about fasting. Um, I, I talked about fasting a lot more when I taught high school health than when I taught middle school health. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of politics and I, it was like walking on eggshells. I had to be very careful. I think everyone needs to be it's unfortunate the way that the certain climate that we've created at this time uh whether it's for so many different reasons and so many different uh medical choices as well so it's it's always just very interesting and you know again then that rule of thumb going back to basic education which they don't do anyways uh would be the best but that's a, that's another topic for another day to understand yeah. homeschooling and how um, really people have taken control of their children's educations and things. But again, so in fasting, and then so as people growing or as women or as men aging, having all of these health, uh, these new health issues like high blood pressure or for so many men and women understanding the, the new gout phenomena or insulin resistance again we have to retrain our minds right we have to retrain our minds retrain our thought process to what the new research is telling us and that is fasting and intermittent fasting right so what are some really great ways that for people to get started even just with the basics like it's not this scary thing and and where does that come into play? Like how easy can it be for people? Well, it can be super easy. It, it's actually, I, I mean, in my opinion, and based on what I've seen with other people that I've coached and helped and talked to the fast, it is um, quite literally the easiest because all you have to do is be able to count time, you know? Um, and before I uh, get into any more detail about that, I did want to say, because you were talking about the new research with fasting, um, Viewers, anyone that's listening to this, you do just have to be careful with where you're getting your information from. And you can get information from like, when we were in school, I was always taught, oh, if it's like .org or .com or 
.gov, I, sh I should say. Um, those, are, those are reliable sites, those are the good ones. When actually, really they're not. Um, and you just have to be very careful because any study that's done or peer reviewed article or any um, research article, these are all funded by someone. And anyone that's going to pay to fund an article has an agenda. And you can't make money off of fasting. You know what I mean? Like this is a free thing that, that, that we can do. So anyone that's going to publish an article um, or, or pay to, for, for a research article or whatever the case may be, this is someone with an agenda, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry, whether it's um, colleges, universities, and, and like I said, you could, you could get one that sounds like a really reputable source, whether it's coming from a .org or .com or whatever, but what's, what's their motive? What's their interest behind that? That's what I would honestly encourage people to, to consider. And that's something that um, really, I take, I take that personally because as someone who that's really it. advocates for fasting, you'll see articles come out that's like, oh, it's actually healthy to eat six meals a day. And then you do some research to find out who that article is by. And it's by like some huge behemoth um, food industry company. Like, yeah, no wonder you're saying that. You want people to eat more food. But um, anyway, See, I, I did digress from your question. Yeah, a little bit. I love um, looking at uh, the PubMed is great, but as well. But again, those are public, those are funded research studies as well. But it's uh, to me, it's like, just the different speakers that are now, or the different books that are coming out talking about that. Um, and we have a really fantastic uh, doctor here in Toronto, Dr. Jason Fung, who is with the obesity uh, or the fasting method. And so his research actually came out of kidney disease and fasting. And so he does a lot of research and understanding from the sort of obesity aspect and kidney disease and diabetes. So it's been fun uh, you know, reading his research and, and following that along too. But I think one of the biggest resources that we do have is the Bible, like from Genesis to all the way to the end of the book, there is a level of fasting in every, almost every chapter, right? Like there's this level of commitment and time. So I mean, <laughs> that we see in those things and i know for a lot of us women we we know about esther we know about that we do daniel fast every year and again fasting can be a variety of things but when it comes to changing your health you're finding which fasting is working the best for most and honestly yeah you can't you need to double check with your doctor and all this kind of stuff so please check with your doctor that you're okay with that so you understand but just to say that out of the way as well but so fasting is throwing that disclaimer out there just to be safe just gonna say <laughs> you're not yeah, here right. anybody coming back here saying chris and dana said <laughs> no i'm not paying your medical bills chris and dana did not say <laughs> yeah but it's, it's it's interesting like because you have your 40-day fast that jesus had right done. you have your three-day fast of I think that was a dry fast, was it not? In Esther, I always get a little confused with that if it was just water or if it was a three-day dry fast. Do you remember? Um, Moses did a 40-day 40, 40 dry fast. Jesus did a 40-day wet fast. The Bible says when Jesus was thirsty, he drank. Right. Yes. And you wrote about that in your book, didn't you? I did, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. Yeah, I was like, what? That is actually possible. Um, there's evidence of other people like outside of Moses and Jesus who have done 40 days. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, I read that as well. Um, and then uh, you have the Daniel fast again, which was just clean eating. Mm -hmm. The fruit, the fruit yeah. fast, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I find it very fascinating that to have strength from a biblical aspect, that strength to find strength, to have breakthrough, to have spiritual breakthrough, they always went back to the simplicity of fasting, right? And again, I, I always found when I fasted in the past, I'm having trouble breaking through the fast right now or getting in there to start it, but it's this really, this really aha moment when you're like, gosh, food is such a burden. Like it really becomes that. It's this sort of right. uh, obligation or this, you're really supposed to do this. And it's just like, uh, but again, it's that revelation of things that happen with fasting. Do you? Oh yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, it, it's amazing. So do you find that where people, of course you graduate or start with the simplicity of the 12 hour fast, right? That's breakfast, that's the basics. Mm -hmm. And then people can build up and graduate to the yeah, 16 hour, 18 hour, and a 23 hour, but you even go beyond that as well. Yes. So my book is set up intentionally to be an easy guide to starting your fasting journey. So for me, it's not a diet. It is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, in the Bible, this is something where God has commanded us to do this in the past, like in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there aren't any commandments for us to fast, but you can see that it's something that um, is still advocated for. Like, for example, we're not commanded um, to do a lot of the things that we were commanded to in the Old Testament, but there's still healthy things to do, godly things to do, so we should still do them. Emphasis on should, you know, we don't have to, but we should to show God that we care. Um, but anyway, back to back to what you asked, um, I set it up in a way that is very simplistic. So you start off with very easy fasts, and I even have charts in there and graphs that you can follow to, to easily progress yourself into doing longer fasts. I always recommend that everyone starts off with just regular good old fashioned intermittent fasting. Um, and what that is, is basically just anything between um, a 12 to a 19 hour fast. Um, if you wanna just think about it as pushing your first, first meal back an additional like four to six hours or four to eight hours after you wake up, that I believe is the best way to do it. Now, if you are someone that just loves breakfast, you're hi-ho for breakfast, um, <laughs> that's yeah. fine too, I, I guess, if, if that's what you're into and then maybe just skip dinner instead. Yeah, there are yeah. lots of people who do not like eating at night. They're, that's just the way their appetite is set up and or they always have smaller meals. So even breaking that and, and even stopping eating at three or four in the afternoon can suffice. If you're not an evening person and you're in bed by eight o'clock anyways, that is a, a reachable and attainable thing if breakfast is your thing, right? But, and then that's what's so amazing about it is that you're designing it it's made for your lifestyle. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. So then you have that basis, you build your basis up and then what? So once you have that basis, then you move up as your body says that you're comfortable to. Like, for example, I've had people tell me like, yo, I'm gonna jump right in. I'm gonna do a 48 hour drive fast. And I'm like, you know, maybe not. 
Um, and don't get me wrong, like there are some people with great willpower that can do that. <clears throat> and if you can, and that's just something that you really want to do, you're impatient, you really want to get started. I mean, by all means, go ahead. But don't be surprised if you have like a really bad experience. So that's why I advocate for slowly building up to it, because that's what I did. So that's what I'm familiar with. That's what I know works for me um, and for other people too. So that's what I always recommend for people to do. I feel like that works for the vast majority of people. Now, when you are building that up, you do it slowly. So for example, let's say that you are at a point where you're doing 16 to 17 hour fasts every single day and it feels good for you. And by feels good, what I mean here is like when you first start doing this, you might get those like hunger pains. You might not be comfortable. Um, it might not feel right to you. But after a while, your body is slowly going to start to realize that this is what it was meant and created to do, you know? So eventually it will come back to your body adapts to it. Just like your body has adapted to eating junk food in the morning for cereal for breakfast every day. That doesn't feel, it doesn't make you feel like crap anymore because you've gotten used to it, unfortunately. So when you start fasting, your body gets used to feeling the way that it's supposed to feel now. Now, once you get to that point, then you can start to kick it up a notch, so to speak. So basically what I recommend then, let's say again, you're, you're doing like 16 hour fasts every day and it's starting to feel good for you. Kick it up a notch do um, on just like um, Tuesdays and Thursdays do like 18 or 19 hour fast with the rest of the days continuing to do those 16 hour fasts. Mm -hmm. That's going to allow you to get used to this doing longer fasts. And I've done this to the point where, um, like I said, uh, in my book in the summertime, I'll do like a 23 hour fast every single day. And this allows me to really, it's basically OMAD diet. You're, you're familiar with that, right, Dana? The one meal a day. Yeah, this is my favorite um, by far. Um, lifestyle diet. I don't even want to call it a diet. Um, I don't do it all year round, though. And the reason why is because of this. So uh, I've found that it is the absolute best way for um, losing fat and gaining muscle because fasting promotes muscle retention. Now, when you are only eating one meal a day, obviously, the amount of calories that you can eat is a lot smaller. So for me personally, like I'm in the gym, I like to exercise, I like to build a bigger chest, bigger shoulders wider lats, um, like that's fun for me. But you know, for your listeners, they might not necessarily be into that and that's fine. Um, but for me, so I, I don't wanna do one meal a day every day for the rest of my life because of the sheer small amount of calories that I would get, it would make it hard for me to build that muscle mass. Yeah, and so clarify, if you're down to one meal a day, you're not eating 3000 mm -hmm. calories in one meal. Still, well, you <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. And like, uh, because people are still set on this. Good, I good luck. To, yeah, I need to have, that's a lot of sugar. The, uh, I need to have this set amount of calories for my existence because that's the way we've been programmed, right? But I guess yeah, you yeah. still go with the whole thought of just eat till you're full, right? And that should, that's enough, right? So that's a great thing about fasting is, to be honest, I eat, like, since I've been fasting, I eat like a king, like every single meal. I eat till I'm fully satiated every single time I sit down to eat. And it's a great feeling because I know I can do that and still lose fat and gain muscle. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful. And it's good. And food tastes, I found that 
food tastes just so incredible. So much better. So after much long. better. Like it's, it's just so everything about it. Just the, your taste buds explode. And, and this sense of you're sitting down and enjoying yourself. It's not, a, you're not gorging. And it's this, you're enjoying every flavor, the crispest of things and your smell changes, your sight changes. It's so much that happens when you break free from these habitual eating patterns that we've created. So, yeah, yeah. And I think in your book, you had explained a little more about how to make things 23 hours or 24 and even stretching into that 26 hours. I know that sometimes people do and that. Above. And above, yeah, I was going to say move into that 36 hour or 72 hour aspect. But I think the thing that was super fascinating, and I want the research behind it, it and for you to talk about it, um, is the dry fasting concept. So please explain that. Yeah, I'm really glad um, that you brought that up because that is something that I was really itching to talk about on this podcast. Um, and before I even get into that, I want to say that this is something that you will have to be open-minded about um, because, I mean, Dana, let's be honest here. If you go up to someone and you tell them, just a random friend, like, hey, I haven't eaten or drank water in two days, what are they going to say? You're crazy. You're going to die. That's yeah, they're going to say, you're crazy. You need help. Um, and they're, they're going to accuse you of having um, an eating disorder, which is, which is a very serious you know, accusation because eating disorders are real, um, you know what I mean? And they really do um, have harmful effects on people. So I did write about that in my book as well, because <clears throat> the, the thing that we're doing differently than people that you know, have an eating disorder is we control when the fast ends, we control how long it is, when it ends. People that have these eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia, for example, they don't control that anymore. It controls them. But with fasting and, and especially dry fasting, we control how long we're going to do that for. We, we make that final decision. So don't let anyone tell you like, oh, you have, you have a problem. You have a disorder. Like there's something wrong with you. This is, this is toxic for you. It's bad for your health. Like, no, it's not. You've been brainwashed to believe that by, like I said, the pharmaceutical industry and the food industry, which cares about your money, which they can't get if you're not eating or taking drugs. So naturally they're gonna publish studies that say that this is toxic for you and they're gonna feed that rhetoric. But I did wanna get into um, your question though. So dry fasting, here's how it works. So when you are just fasting like regular, your body uses three macronutrients for energy and it's always in the same order. It's gonna use carbohydrates first and then fats and then proteins, always in that order. It's never gonna use um, proteins for energy except for as a last resort. Um, and we know this because, I mean, this might be a little bit of a morbid example, but like if you look at pictures of Holocaust victims, they look so emaciated because their bodies were using their, their protein fibers as fuel for energy because they were starving, you know? Their bodies wouldn't have done that if they weren't starving. Um, if, they were, if they were eating carbs or had fat, their bodies would use that for energy instead, but obviously they didn't. And that's why they looked that way. So anyway, your body uses those three macros for energy exclusively um, in that order. So when you're fasting, you don't have carbohydrates to use for energy, right? So what's your body going to use for, for energy? Carbohydrates and fat first. Your yes, carbohydrates. And then since there's no carbohydrates in your system during the fast, 
your body will have to use fat. Now, there's no fat in your system because you've been fasting. So your body's going to think because your body is a very smart creation that thinks for itself, right? We don't have to tell our heart to beat or we don't have to tell um, our stomach to digest. Your, your body thinks for itself. So when you're fasted and your body is thinking for itself, your body essentially says, oh, I, I don't have any carbohydrates to use as energy. Well, let's look for fat. Oh, I don't have any fat that's been ingested um, to use for energy either. Well, I really don't want to use protein for energy because we need that um, to stay strong to potentially go get our next meal. Uh, let's use the body fat for yeah. energy. So that's what happens. So during a fast, your body is pulling body fat for energy. And this is what allows you to, to lose body fat um, when you're fasting. Now, the reason dry fasting is, 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 is essentially the best for this, the way it scientifically works, is you are fasting, but you're also not drinking any liquids. You're not drinking any water. And sometimes when I'm dry fasting, excuse me, I'll try to avoid all water contact in general. I'll, like if I can, if I don't have to, I won't take a shower. Um, if my, if my hands aren't dirty, I won't wash my hands. And this is to avoid any water absorption into my body at all. And what this does, because our bodies are made out of what, like 72% water, right, Dana, something like that. So our bodies need this water to survive. Essentially what your body does is it's like, holy crap, we're not getting any water. You know, we, we need this. Where, where can we get this water from? Well, we know that in our body fat, there's water, right? That's why it's jiggly, right? Because <laughs> there's, there's water in there. So your body's like, oh, jackpot, I'll pull the water from the fat stores to get the water that I need to like lubricate my joints, lubricate the soft tissues, um, keep myself from, from having issues or pain. And so this puts you in an accelerated rate of fat loss because not only are you fasting and losing fat like you regularly would during a wet fast, but you're also in that accelerated rate of fat loss because not only are you you losing the regular body fat, but your body is pulling the water from the fat stores. So that's what's making it an accelerated rate of fat loss. And I don't know if most of your viewers know this, but do you know where the toxins in your body are stored? In your fat. And your fat, exactly. So when you're dry fasting, you're in this accelerated rate of fat loss, you're pulling those, those toxins straight out of your body. And so that's why in a dry fast, my longest one I ever did was 72 hours. I was still urinating, which what scientifically, you wouldn't think that would make sense, right? You, you wouldn't think you should be urinating if you're not drinking water for three days. Well, on the third day, I was still urinating. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because my body was pulling that the the water stores from my fat stores and that's all toxins basically and yes. i'm excreting that yes yes and i think it's it's important that you have to you have to prepare your body like in any type of training or any type of thing and what even when people when i discuss detoxing with clients <clears throat> you just can't jump into these things you really right. have to prepare your body and repair, prepare the mind and get the body working the best that it should, such as like a dry fast. You're not just going to jump into it. You will suffer great consequences of just jumping into things because of this toxic overload that gets released out of this. That's what's always my concern because people are very toxic 
And I and we know that this is all sort of this. They all get stored in the in these fat cells. It's part of the safety mechanism of the body. And but I found it very fascinating when you had explained how in dry fats from the fat that breaks down. I never really put the water thing in there, although it's obvious. Um, but how that works and how that breaks down into the different uh, molecules when, you, when you're breaking down fat for energy, of course there's going to be water. It makes perfect sense. I was just like mind blown going, I think that's incredible. And your body's utilizing everything that, that is, that is you just so miraculously stored away nicely. And, uh, but that it's again, that toxic release of things that, you know, you have to make sure you're sleeping and you're breathing and you're walking and doing these things beforehand to have prepared your body. So do you find that you have this detox effect or a detox hangover when you first did your dry fast? I felt better, honestly. Um, and, and it's a very <clears throat> um, awakening experience. I would compare it to like a, almost like a psychedelic experience because um, it'll teach you things about yourself that you didn't know. Um, and when you're not eating for that long of a period of time, you realize just how much time you have in the day to do other things, which is something that I never even really considered before. But it's like, wow, you know, this time that I typically would have spent like cleaning the dishes, running the dishwasher, um, meal prepping, cooking, eating, you know, this is all time that I have to do like other things. So mm -hmm. that's like part of that time is what allowed me to write my book, you know, to do a lot of these other things that I'm doing because of the time that I don't spend, I almost said don't waste, but I guess it depends on how you see it. Um, but I don't spend eating or meal prepping, cooking, doing the dishes, whatever. That's amazing. That is, it's truly amazing. I mean, yes, and then that's spent at better time doing things. And, and uh, if you're a mother that still has people at home, then again, it's just this opportunity of, of teaching others how to cook or teaching others how to do these things and, and take care of yourself and renewing your strength and, and diet. And it's funny that it's just like, even for finances, when you're fasting, it's just this, you're not spending $400 a week in groceries, which just blows my mind how much money you actually spend on things you think you're going to eat. And then you end up throwing half of it out anyways. Right. And, and I love that. I love because you, you set those things aside and you, um, you have a better opportunity of, and, and the better you want to eat the food that you have, because you'll be hungry. You'll be, that is you true hunger after you have fasted and uh i just love that and I, I know that there's just so i'm just like oh yeah the food just tastes better everything smells better it's just then there's not so much waste um and again this even being at home now you know with covid and being in the restrictions of things it's this i don't really care about food anymore it's just like do i really need to eat so it's just I'm sure a lot of women are like that. It's like, oh, not another meal again. But it's, again, I love it. So the dry fasting, 72 hours, can you do intermittent dry fasting? You can, but you're not really going to get as much out of it as doing like a long fast. I typically never really do that because the thing is like, it takes a while for your body to be like, yo, I need that water for my fat stores. You know what I mean? Whereas your body is always going to pull the, the energy that it needs 
from your fat stores when you're fasting because your body's always using energy even if you're just laying down not doing anything you're expending yeah. calories to breathe so yeah you can intermittently drive fast um, but it doesn't break through it doesn't have that breakthrough opportunity like when you're extending exactly. 12 hours i'm sorry to 24 hours to 48 hours that type of idea and exactly. so in your research that you've done over the years, what are the biggest health benefits that you see in your research or even with your clients? What are the biggest health benefits that you see with fasting? Yeah, so I was actually just on another podcast um, recently and she asked me this exact same question. And I think it's a thing that really needs to be addressed because a lot of people hear this and they're like, you know, I don't really care about fasting, but you should. And the reason why is, you know, basically to answer your question, the number one is obviously fat loss. It is so easily to effortlessly lose fat when you're fasting or dry fasting. Um, you don't even really need to exercise. I'm a big advocate for exercise, but if you're going to fast, you could sit on the couch and watch cartoons all day and you could still lose body fat fasting. Um, so that is the number one. Um, number two, Fasting does promote muscle retention. And the reason why is because, like I said, like I said, our bodies are created to be intelligent by themselves. When you're fasting, any type of physical activity that you do, your body is going to think, oh, he or she is doing this vigorous physical activity to get to their next meal. We need to speed up their, um, what's it called? Muscle fiber recruitment. When your body tears down old muscle fibers and builds new ones your body's like, oh, we need to speed this up because they're working hard to get their next meal. So mm -hmm. that's why fasting helps to promote muscle retention. Um, and the third one I would say, I'll just stop at three, but there's there's so many more. Um, the third one I would say is it actually does have anti-aging benefits. And what's the word for that? It's like autophagal or autophageal. Um, whatever it is. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it has the, it's the uh, if you could explain better sorry than i can but so yeah go ahead yeah, and, and please and please touch on it then too after i finish but i'll just say this really quick the way the reason why it works especially with dry fasting is let's say you're dry fasting again this is going to make your skin tighter and the reason why it makes your skin tighter is because it's going to you know i don't want to use the word dehydrate because that's an overused word and it has negative connotations but when it does that, it's going to reduce those wrinkles in your skin. It's going to reduce the bags under your eyes. Yeah. So this is why it has these anti-aging benefits. Yeah. It's like the body's sort of eating itself, but it's not. Do not be confused with that, but that's kind of a gross kind of explanation. But you're it is, though. It's eating, it's eating the old dead cells. Correct. And the fat. And it's, it is absorbing the body. Like that is put there for these famines. It's put there for a reason. And then it starts accumulating around the organs which then causes the big, biggest problems of all is, is this interstitial fat um, that it's able, it's kind of like this shrinking effect. And that's what's so amazing when you see obese clients or obese people that have suffered fat uh, or have suffered or not suffered, that have gone through extreme weight loss with, with uh, bypasses bariatric bypasses, you see these flaps of skin, you see this, this great loss of things, and then they have to go for surgeries right. to remove mm -hmm. the skin. And um, the wonderful thing with fasting, and of course, dry fasting, which I'm so excited about, 
is, again, it has this effect of being able to suck everything back in. Wonderful. I think it's, I think it's amazing. It's just simply amazing. And I know that there are many other great benefits um, that you can read about in so many books and you read about in your book as well. And there are, there's lots, there's really quite a bit. And I love the new research that is coming out with intermittent fasting, with fasting itself. But in to us or to me, I'm always like, yeah, well, I knew about it first anyways, because it was in the Bible. It kind of explains it. And for us, it's kind of like, it should be a no-brainer, right? It should be a no-brainer. They talk about it. It, it is part of um, most journeys, most, most biblical journeys and transformations in the Bible. When you're looking for yeah. changes, you we're wanting an answer for something. Um, that is where these, um, of course, uh, originate from. But if they were doing it back then, why are we not doing it now more often? right? I think it's so fascinating. And I love how you brought in the concept and the understanding of dry fasting. And I know in your book, you actually lay it out in a chart with timing and, and, and those right. type of things where you're, you're kind of helping along with the time in the hour, and what it means to dry fast and those types of things. Are there any other sort of medical issues that are the listeners should know about before they jump into these things? Are there questions they should be asking their medical doctors before they try and jump into this? A lot of it's just skipping a meal, right? But mm -hmm. when you're looking into digging deeper and changing your health, what <clears throat> do you find that they should be talking to about with their medical doctors? Yeah, so that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that because this is something that is not for everyone. Like, for example, if you're someone who has suffered from an eating disorder before, fasting probably is not for you. Like, for example, it's the, it's the same principle that applies with an alcoholic with drinking alcohol. You know, maybe you shouldn't give an alcoholic that hasn't had a drink in a couple of years um, a gin and tonic. You know, same principle applies with maybe someone who's suffered from anorexia in the past, maybe they shouldn't go out and do a 24 hour fast. Um, and that, that varies case by case. Now, what I will say about doctors in the medical industry is, you know, I've talked to, I have doc friends that are doctors. Um, I've talked to a lot of doctors about fasting and I can genuinely say that most of the doctors that I know do genuinely care about their patients' health and well-being. Now, having said that, doctors look at health and wellness from a very medication-based standpoint. Um, and the reason that they do that, it, it, it's not their fault. And the reason why I say that is this. So let's say I'm a gastroenterologist. I'm going to look at everything that happens in the human body through the lens of the gastrointestines, right? Um, and so Basically, I saw this study that was done recently where um, I saw how many hours that a um, medical student in California were required to take in nutrition, like credit hours. Do you know, do you want to guess like how many it's, it was? It's like just a couple of courses. So it's probably really like eight hours. I under, it's just, yeah. and, and I love doctors. I think they're fantastic, but they are in a box and they're a perfect box. 
and they get right. a lot of trouble stepping outside of the box. And that's Definitely. where incredible people like yourself and or functional doctors or nutritionists kind of have the opportunity to say, okay, where are these where are these things at? These are the questions and that maybe you should follow along. And this is the exciting opportunity that fasting has when it comes to your insulin, when it comes to uric acid, when it comes to these, these troublesome autoimmune issues that you sort of are like suspicious about, but your doctor doesn't know what to do about them. I think that fasting is a great way to sort of open the door for change for your body. And it's you who has to become the advocate. It's you who has to sort of understand how your body's responses are and exactly. how you adapt, how you adapt to stress. That all changes when you eliminate one thing for the betterment of your health. Right? Yeah. And I, and I wanted to touch on that again, too. Like, for example, fasting can cure your type two diabetes. Okay. Um, it, it can, I'm not going to say that it will, because, you know, each person, you know, depending on what you do, it could be a little bit different, but like, for example, I have a friend who was diagnosed with type two diabetes and he's about 30 years old. I, and, you know, he, he had reached out to me for help. He's like, man, what do I do? Like, oh, I'm scared. Like, uh, and so I, I started talking to him about it and he's like, well, let me go back to the doctor and see what they're going to give me. And I told him, dude, they're going to prescribe you drugs, which are, are, are going to be toxic for your body, like the side effects of, of those drugs, which side effects in quotations, because really they're just the effects of the drugs. I told him like, dude, those are going to be toxic for you. And so they prescribed him. Um, it was metformin and Genuvia. Are you familiar with either of those two? So I looked up. Like, well, and you lose absorption of this, you do this, yeah. and this happens, so yeah. So, yeah. And, and some of your some of your listeners may, may be very familiar with those. You might be on those. You might know someone is taking those. I looked up what the um, the purpose of those drugs are for. Fasting does all the things that those drugs do. All of those things. But then those drugs also have these crazy, terrible side effects. Like, for example, I think it was Genuvia has like oh shoot what was it called like stevenson's disorder or stevenson's disease or something which is where you get rashes all over your body and i told him dude you're getting married in two months like i cannot allow you to do this and then like i go to your wedding and you've got rashes on your face from this stuff like dude yeah. i'm telling you fasting is fast it, just try it, it, you can always be... go the thing is is that you can always go back to the medication but it's understanding your addictions to food it's understanding how your body processes these that give you so much more valuable information you can always do that you can always take that but if you're right. not going to change your food if you're not going to change your approach you're not going to have the changes even if you're taking the metformin you're just masking it just like exactly and and i want to be really clear here um because i really don't want to come off as i'm talking trash on doctors because again most of them really do mean well and it, it's not their fault and the reason i can confidently say that is because they're trained i don't want to use the word, word brainwashed here because i did already use that previously and i think it made more sense to use it earlier as it did now but they're trained by the the universities that they go to to see the human body is only being able to be fixed via med medication and pharmaceutical drugs. And the reason why is because the pharmaceutical industries fund these colleges, they fund their textbooks, um, they fund their courses, 
And that, again, going back to what I said earlier, this is why they're only required to take like one or two courses in nutrition. And if, if I was a medical professional and I only had to take two courses in nutrition, I wouldn't value it either. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, and we can only hope and pray that, that this is going to change in the future for the medical community to be able, well, I wish the whole medical system would change anyways, but um, yeah. Or the willingness for people to seek out dietitians or nutritionists or uh, fitness pros like yourself who have this better broad spectrum understanding of nutrition and how even the, the, the preciseness of how nutrition can be for individual people with different ailments or different situations in their lives and how fasting can become deal breaker for so many people. I think it's, again, this, this untapped opportunity for people to mm -hmm. have such fantastic changes to their health, really. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's phenomenal. I'm always excited about it. I did, it again, it's just becomes this mindset sometimes of, can I do it? Are you sure? And it's, again, it's like, just get off your horse, Dana yourself in the mind let's do it right so it, and i think it's just that you're just trying to extend that that last time you eat you're not supposed to eat late at night anyways um but it's this extension of the natural rhythm of breaking your fast after 12 hours of sleep and or you know that that time after you eat and again it's just having this ability to to extend that up to 16 18, 19, 20 hours and really challenge yourself because I think the opportunities are endless when it comes to health and you have these, you know, these biblical foundation health considerations, right? When it comes to mm -hmm. fasting. And I love the dry fast. I should probably try that. I don't know. I really have to pray about that. So, <clears throat> but it's, I love it. I've not quite finished your book yet. And uh, I think it's so fascinating um, as soon as we got into that topic, I was just like mind blown of how, how, what a potential that would become. So mm -hmm. exciting, exciting. So Chris, tell me if one sort of, in a nutshell, you coach people, of course, physical strength and fitness and things like that, but you coach on fasting, you come alongside people and help them in this struggle right? And these changes, is that yep. correct? And yes. in your years of, of coaching and teaching this stuff, what is the biggest words of wisdom that you have had such transformational changes for your clients? You have to stop caring what other people think and you have to um, overcome fears whether it's based on that or based on something else so and I wrote an entire chapter in my book is devoted to that because the mental and emotional strength that you have to have when you're doing something like this is just as important as doing it in general um, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example um, just about uh, about fear and how it works so let's say that you are a high school basketball player and you're standing on the foul line right you, um, there's, there's no time left on the clock. You have to shoot one foul shot for your team. If you make it, your team wins the game. If you miss it, your team loses the game, you know, whatever. Let's just say that's how it is. So 
in that moment, you know, the pressure is on. What are you afraid of? Both ways. There's so much, right? There's so much to fear in that. Yeah. And, and what you're afraid of in that moment is, you know, missing the foul shot. But is that something that has happened yet? No, that's something that, that hasn't even happened yet. And even if it does happen, you know, how bad was it really? So what I, what I, what I mentioned in this, in this chapter, and it's one of the later chapters in my book, is fear always lives either in the future or in the past. Fear is never in the present moment. Yeah. And fasting helps you to stay in that present moment. Amazing, amazing, amazing. That is such a good analogy, right? In that it's always in the, the fear or the past, never in the present. That is so beautifully said, Christopher. I thank you so much. I think that's amazing. So the name of your book? Fitness Fast. Fitness Fast. And where can people find you? So the best place to contact me is on Instagram. I do check that and try to post on there every single day. It's at underscore fitness fast. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel, which um, I don't use as much anymore, but um, I will still post on there from time to time. It's typically just interviews that I do with other micro fitness influencers, or maybe I'll just post um, a video on there, whether it's me rambling about um, fasting or um, yeah, nutrients. It's maybe it's sometimes it's, it's nice for, for myself, the media fasting is very nice as well sometimes because it does become overwhelming and causes stress as well. But mm -hmm. uh, that's, a, that's another topic for another day, the different things that you can fast in your life. But I think first, I think it's great to have the opportunity to fast from food and see how your life can change immensely. And all of this information is going to be in the show notes, of course, where you can find uh, Christopher and all the great good that he does all over the world. And Christopher, thank you so much um, for being part of this and for sharing your heart uh, for fasting and all the new information, honestly, this like mind blowing um, information about fasting and the extent that you can go through to have massive changes. And I think it's amazing. And I'm sure that God has so much more coming for you down the road and all the information that you're going to be sharing throughout the world. So I thank you for being part of the sisterhood here and sharing and helping women go from fed up to faith fueled through the challenges in their life and where God is taking them. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. I had a really great time today. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll do it again sometime. I love it. I think it's, it's a never-ending topic, that's for sure. Thank you so much. Definitely talk about this for days. Yes, exactly. Thank you.